And are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Manhattan. New York. New York City. Again. Man, New York is always up in these movies. Yeah. Well, this week, my pick, a 1986 movie, Jumpin' Jack Flash. It's a gas, gas, gas. It's about a computer operator at a, bl- at a bank who is plunged into an exciting world of international intrigue, danger, and romance. It's got it when all. Terminal gets an SOS from Jumpin' Jack Flash, a British spy stranded in Eastern Europe during the Cold War. The particulars. The particulars. Jumpin' Jack Flash, released October 10th, 1986, directed by Penny Marshall. This is her directorial, their theatrical film directorial debut. Clap, 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 clap. So then her next movie was a little, a little movie by the name of Big. See what I did there? I saw that. Uh, Well, actually, I heard it. And then she did Awakenings, A League of Their Own, Renaissance Man, The Preacher's Wife, and Riding in Cars with Boys. The story is by David H. Franzoni. He also wrote Gladiator, King Arthur, and Amistad. The screenplay oh. is also by David H. Franzoni and also a J.W. Melville and a Patricia Irving and a Christopher Thompson. So Christopher Thompson did, he also was um, involved in Laverne and Shirley and Bosom Buddies and the Larry Sanders show. And J.W. Melville and Patricia Irving, nerd alert, they are pseudonyms for, don't find out where it is on my notes because I wrote it. Where did I put the, where did I put this? Ah, they're pseudonyms for Charles Shire and Nancy Myers. I was, cause I, I'm like, wait, what? So. Charles Shire and Nancy Myers, they were married for a, a bit. And Charles Shire did Smokey and the Bandit, Private Benjamin, Baby Boom, Father of the Bride, one and two. And mm. Patricia Irving, who is really Nancy Myers, she also did Private Benjamin, Baby Boom, Father of the Bride, one and two. And then What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, It's Complicated. And the intern. Wow. Yeah. I was, I, it, it threw me for a loop for the longest time because I kept clicking on Patricia Irving on Wikipedia and it, it was like Nancy Myers. And I'm reading in the Nancy Myers and it doesn't say anything about Patricia Irving except that Patricia Irving, like Patricia was the name of her mother and Irving was the name of her father. And so that's hmm. why, I, but it doesn't say why she used the suit, why they use pseudonyms on these. If, did they think it was going to be a stinker and they didn't? Well, they it w- did get at 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is bullshit. So. That's complete bullshit. I think that, but that's that. Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, Whoopi's made a lot of enemies being on The View. So I'm sure that a lot of that has to do with trolls and stuff. 
Because she's seems- she made a lot of enemies all the way through her career. Oh yeah, she's a black woman in Hollywood. Right. To, who, has the audacity to like speak her mind and not fit exactly. into any little box or anything. Exactly. So yeah, I think that part of that's unfair. Okay. It was produced by Lawrence Gordon, who also produced Hooper, The Warriors, Come Out and Play, 48 Hours, Brewster's Millions, Predator, Die Hard, Waterworld, The Laura Croft Movies, <clears throat> Water, Wa- The Watchmen, and all the Hellboy movies. Ah, and Joel, coming out now. Yeah. And Joel Silver, he did 48 Hours, Commando, Die Hard, The Matrix Movies, Demolition Man, Romeo Must Die, and Sherlock Holmes, among many other things this guy did. The music by Thomas Newman. Man, Thomas Newman has done a lot of work. Just just to name a few. Revenge of the Nerds, Desperately Seeking Susan, Fried Green Tomatoes. Oh, I love Desperately Seeking Susan. The Shawshank Redemption, American Beauty, Mm. The Green Mile, Aaron Brockovich, Finding Nemo. Wally, The Help. And that's just a few. I just was like picking things off there. Wow. The DP, Matthew F. Linetti. He also shot Poltergeist, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Weird Science, Commando, Strange Days, Star Trek First Contact, Too Fast, Too Furious, The Expendables, and a lot of other movies. He has a crazy credits as well. It was edited by Mark Goldblatt. He did The Terminator, Rambo 2, <clears throat> sorry, Inner Space, Robocop, Terminator 2, True Lies, Showgirls, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, and the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> Just to name a few. And so it's starring Whoopi Goldberg as Terry Doolittle. And for the second week in a row, we have EGOT winners. EGOT. Last week we did Liza Minnelli and she has an EGOT. And this week Whoopi Goldberg, she has the EGOT. And we didn't say that Liza had the EGOT. And I mean, that is really prestigious. So we need to emphasize that as well. That's when you win an Emmy Award, you win a Grammy Award, you win an Oscar, and you win a Tony. So that is a well-rounded entertainer. That makes you an entertainer. Her, this is her second movie. Her first movie was The Color Purple. So, yeah, boom, right there. Then she did this, then Burglar, she was in Ghost, Soap Dish, which I love, Sister Act, The Lion King, Eddie, The Associate, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Um, then we have Jonathan Price. He was Jack. He was also in Brazil, Evita, Tomorrow Never Dies, Pirates of the Caribbean, Glengarry, Glenn Ross. Most recently, The Wife. He was also the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones. Yes. He's, he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. He used to do Infinity commercials or a British, maybe Jag, Jaguar, Jaguar commercials, maybe. Probably. Stephen mm-hmm. Collins as Marty Phillips. He was the dad in Seventh Heaven. He was in The Waltons. He was in All the President's Men. Brewster's Millions. In 2014, people interview. He admitted to inappropriate sexual contact with three female minors in 1973, 1982, and 1994. Yeah, there was a Me Too thing with with him. So uh, there's that. 
We have also John Wood played Jeremy Talbot. He was in Nicholas and Alexandra, Heartburn, and Chocolat. He's he's very Shakespeare-y. And Jim Belushi, he was in According to Jim, Trading Places, Thief, Curly Sue, SNL. You've seen him. The brother of John Belushi. Mm-hmm. Peter Michael Goat, Goats, he was in Father of the Bride. My Girl, Golden Girl, St. Elsewhere, Twin Peaks. He was also in Arrested Development. He played the boss. Uh, Carol Kane, she's back. Yes. She was Cynthia. We saw her in Ishtar. She was also in Annie Hall. She was known for her role in the, the TV series Taxi. She was also in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And John Lovitz, he played Lovitz. Doug. He's famous for SNL. And The Critic, he was also in A League of Their Own and The Wedding Singer. And then there are a bunch of cameos. Yeah. We have Phil Hartman, Tracy Almond, Michael I McKean. Know I know I cracked up when I saw Tracy Yeah, I was Almond. like, Tracy Almond? That's My, what I said. Michael McKean, Annie Potts, um, Roscoe Lee Brown, yep. and Tracy, um, Tracy Reiner. Penny Marshall's daughter with Rob Reiner. She was the secretary. Only she wasn't really. He adopted her. Oh. She was. She was the product of Penny Marshall's first marriage, maybe a different marriage. And then when she married Rob Reiner, he adopted her. Ah, so just nerd alert. Oh, there you go. There's the nerd alert. So there are your particulars. Lots of people in it. Well, we start um, with an apartment. You know, panning an apartment with music going, and there are movie posters all over the walls. And the news is on the TV, and they're saying something about the Cold War. And Whoopi wakes up. She has no heat in her apartment. She's getting dressed, getting ready to go to work. She's riding on the uh, the bus. She has a great side eye mm-hmm. to the guy next to her. She gets to work, and, and there's Carol Kane, a co-worker, John Levitt's a co-worker, Phil Hartman, a co-worker, She's very personable. She interacts with everybody. Um, and she's interacting with a person on the computer. And then a Russian TV um, exercise woman comes on because evidently the bank she works at uses the same satellite as the Russians use. So this this Russian person who is exercising keeps getting on her computer well it's a it's looks like it's an old in the 50s or 60s um russian i think it's a woman but she is in she's really very muscular and she's doing all these calisthenic exercises and it's yeah like you know the russian athletes were all so overly doped Mm-hmm. during every olympic okay well she goes to work and her job is to transfer funds internationally and her boss is mr page and as soon as she gets to work he wants to see her and she is one of his most productive workers but he doesn't like the fact that she keeps interacting with the people on the other end of the computer, exchanging recipes, talking about how are your kids. Um, 
and she's supposed to end every transaction with entrance. And if she doesn't stop doing that, she's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. You do well, not have a personality. You are working for a corporation and you sit behind the computer screen. You must not have a personality and you must just churn out product, production, production, production. I hit a little um, nerve close to home, Erin. Maybe. Okay, well, the, um, and the boss said your job is nine to six or something? Yes, which I took note of because that means that she must get an hour-long lunch break. Unpaid, yeah. of course. Yeah, exactly. Because she can only work an eight-hour day. Well, it's after six, and she's on her computer screen. And up pops knock-knock. So she says, who's there? And it comes back, jumping Jack Flash. So she goes back, ha, 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 it's a gas, gas, gas. Then it comes back, are you alone? And she said, yes. And it says, need to talk. And she is, personal chit-chat is prohibited on international bank transfer. Um, and he says, I'm not on that international bank transfer. And... Um, there's something about a clamshell terminal. Did you understand that? It's like old timey before the before the World Wide Web, like old timey internet talk of how they used because the, there was the internet before there was the World Wide Web, but you had to kind of know what you were doing to be able to get on it. So he was able to access it from some way, and bada bing. Right, and he says, I can't talk anymore. This channel is insecure. And she goes, well, just scramble your message. And I mean, she knows a lot about computers, obviously. And um, she goes, I need your key code, and then I can get into where you are, and then we can talk securely. And he goes, well, I can't just tell you my key code, but it's in the lyrics of the song jump a jack flash and he goes i need your help so she has and to figure out the code to be able to get into so that she can talk where he is on a secure terminal thing right okay so then she's at home and she's watching an old movie i went down a rabbit hole oh really you nerd alerted I nerd alerted. It was not an easy task, but I found out the name of that old movie. <laughs> you would not be thwarted. I went movie on Terry's computer during Jumpin' Jack Flash. And it would come up. Movie, Jumpin' Jack, Jack Flash. Flash. No, the movie. And finally I went, wait. No, see, this was like I had to get up and leave and come back. And it was a day later when I thought that was Rita Hayworth. Maybe if I put in Rita Hayworth, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yes, ma'am. And? The movie was 1942's Tales of Manhattan. Oh. Charles Boyer and Rita Hayworth. Interesting. It was, uh, you know, all the movie posters and her watching old movies was to show that she was an old-timey romantic. And so she would be I someone I also who... read that the a lot, all the movie posters that she had had women in there who... Antag like, they had strong women characters. Oh, antagonistic. I don't know if it was 
gonna tag it. I don't know if that was the real word or that was what I read in my mind. Got it. So, Got it. You know, sometimes there's what's actually on the page, and then there's what my mind seizes right. on the page. Yeah, there's there's dyslexia reading. Yeah, I do it all the time. But it was it was basically the gist of it was is that the character because there was Casablanca, and there was Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Right, strong female. Uh huh characters and uh, a male might have written antagonistic female characters just because they're strong yeah i don't remember okay well um she's also reading a mystery book and she can't sleep because she she wants to find out this key code mm -hmm. so she, oh and um, also earlier he she she knows her um classic rock because she was going to trade some guy a mata hoople for something else yes she's a very bright woman eclectic knowledge mm -hmm. i mean across broad spectrum we look at it now and she would just be you know and she would be considered a nerd but like a hipster and she'd be cool and have a whole bunch of like comic book and doctor who stuff because mm -hmm. I, I read a lot of people who they they really liked this movie and there's this one woman in Australia and she was born in 1988 and she loved this movie and she because Whoopi Goldberg's character was unusual and she was smart and mm -hmm. she was nerdy like she had all of the you know she was good with computers and all of the she like new pop culture and all that stuff and so this woman she loved it because she didn't there weren't really characters that were heroes in movies who right were into all that stuff um uh rather reminds me of you well i read that art and i was like oh man i wonder if because i loved this movie as a kid that i never had any of those like oh like i always just always myself it's who i've always been and i wonder if seeing this movie so much as a little kid was like subconscious that I was just like, yeah, it's like Whoopi Goldberg. Like she's, they made a movie. She's jumping Jack Flash and she mm -hmm. was like this and she was cool. And you know, everybody loved Whoopi Goldberg. She was a big star and seeing it. Like I never questioned like, Oh, that's uncool and can't be uncool. Cause right. she was just always her. And your other favorite movie was. Oh, Goldie Hawn being oh, it, a football coach. Yeah, and Wildcats. So, yeah. So, luckily for you, you were able to see people in those positions where uh, a lot of people growing up didn't. Yeah, I just happened to, I came across, when I was a little kid, there was Goldie Hawn being funny, and there was Whoopi Goldberg being funny. And mm -hmm. as I grew up, there was they disappeared and stuff and that was definitely disappointing but it's like they made an imprint on me as a little kid right and they were funny but they were also smart and they were up to date on current culture and what was happening in the world so it wasn't the dumb like goldie hawn presented as a dumb blonde to be mm -hmm. funny but she had a whole lot going on to in order to be able to present that yeah, she she didn't none of her her and Whoopi Goldberg they didn't rely on their looks to get them like oh they're girls so they're gonna like they didn't honeypot their way out of things 
-hmm. they used their minds and stuff. And in Goldie Hawn's case, it was the, like in Whoopi Goldberg's case, she would use like, oh, you're just a, a black woman and stuff. And that condescension, she would flip it and use it to, as a weapon against people who underestimated her. And then the mm -hmm. same way Goldie Hawn would as well. Like, oh yeah, I am really pretty and stuff, but I'm going to use that to my advantage and outsmart all of you all because you're looking down upon me. Right, I mean, right. and it's kind of crazy because that, that didn't even get updated until Reese Witherspoon's Legally Blonde character. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I can't even think of anything since then and stuff. It was, uh, I mean, maybe that's just why the millennials are the way they are. They just didn't have any of the 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 bleak or just the the glimmer the blinking like you know very finite of these diverse characters yeah know. well they're getting to see it now okay <laughs> well this this part really cracked me up because she found her rolling stones album i mean she, she had several but the one with Jumpin' Jack Flash on it. This was so me because I sing lyrics to songs that aren't the real lyrics. Oh, I do too. I'm horrible at lyrics. So she is going through listening to Jumpin' Jack Flash, trying to understand Mick Jagger. And, you know, she's like, well, could you please enunciate? Because she's sure that, you know, Jumpin' Jack Flash said it's in the lyrics. My key code is in the lyrics. So she's trying everything, every word from the lyrics that she can. Hurricane, um, it, uh, it, all of, but and none of them are working. Until and, and then um, she she's she tells the boss she's working overtime because um, I could totally see you pulling this. Because, you know, she just wants to do what's best for the company and she has extra work and she has to work overtime. And and actually she's working on Jumpin' Jack Flash trying to find out his key code instead of doing the company work. And she has the sheet music in order to be able to read what the real lyrics are. And then she gets it she knows his key code because she was a she even says it i think she says like thank goodness i was a band nerd yeah which i have a joke that leads into this because i laughed because i remember in band there was a flutist or i guess it's flautist and she had a shirt that said never be sharp never be flat always be natural oh my god yeah oh my god after the podcast you have to tell me this person's name i'm sure she's not listening to our podcast at i this don't time, even so. remember her name i just remember the shirt that she played flute and i was like you know i can't like that is like it did make me laugh yeah like it's just yeah in a band nerdy yeah. kind of way yeah, so the key code was B-flat, which is what the song was written in, mm -hmm. B-flat. Okay, so um, Jumba Jack Flash tells her he's in serious trouble. Deliver a message to the British consulate. Uh, dogs barking can't fly without umbrella and trance. So she goes with her multicolored Reeboks 
not all you had pair. you had a didn't you have a pair of white ones because i remember yes. those shoes but i didn't have the high tops she had the high tops. i thought you did have the high somebody had the high tops i didn't have the high tops but she had reeboks white yellow orange i don't know if she had another color she was definitely yes. into her reeboks they're cool they were so cool at the time they're still cool um and so she goes to the British consulate. She's waiting, waiting. And at the British consulate, they're getting ready for the Queen's anniversary ball next week. Um, and she tells them she needs somebody from Department C. So this this dude comes down that you've seen in many British shows. And he says, you know, what is your message? And she tells him. And he yells, jump a jack, Flash. Well, she's, sh 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 so, you know, people are looking. And you notice one extremely blonde dude who picks up on it. So anyway, they're going, no, there is no Department C here. Um, your message doesn't make any sense. And as she's leaving the consulate, you see someone taking pictures of her. Okay. At work, there was a pregnant, an extremely pregnant girl who sat in a broken chair, of course. Well, Mark Phillips, Marty Phillips, comes to replace the pregnant girl. This is Stephen Collins. And you know, just by looking at him, there is something off here. But okay, he plays a. You know why there's something off about him and it's really messed up? Is because he seems that to be based solely on his looks alone, overqualified for the position. Solely on his looks alone, because he plays it as a really dumb dude. Yeah, but but you, you would still be like, what you wouldn't you be like management just yeah. because that's the way the world works? Right, exactly. Pretty boy. So again, the um, Soviet TV crashes into, and she knows how to work with the cords in the back of the computer and hit it to get the Soviet TV uh, exercise person off. And her terminal backup. Much to the chagrin of John Lovitz and Phil Hartman. Because <laughs> they love watching mm -hmm. the Soviet. Okay. Um, she's on her computer after hours. The guy says he's trapped in Eastern Europe. He needs an exit. Uh, British intelligence. Uh, and, and he says the consulate won't acknowledge him. So... Um, go to my apartment and get my frying pan. So she does because <laughs> she's up for an advance. She is overqualified for her position. Sound familiar? And so, you know, she's up for an adventure. So she, she goes to his apartment. And what? <laughs> and she, she gets the frying pan. Now we're back at work. And it's after hours and somebody comes in to fix her terminal, her computer. And she said, there's nothing wrong with my computer. And I'm like, that's Jim Belushi. Yeah, it was Jim Belushi. And he's going, yeah, well, Sperry, you know, uh, Sperry was the computer tech people. And Sperry told me to come and check on this one. She said, you know, just give me a minute. I want to call Sperry and check on this. How many people would do that? Really? Wouldn't you just go, go ahead and fix my computer? Well, but here's the thing I will push back on because 
she's sitting there. It's after hours, so it's after 6 p.m. The place is pretty much, you know, it's deserted and stuff. And then this guy, the technician, is coming, and he's not. He's So his thing, she's like, oh, well, why are you here so late? And he said that he right. was running late. But then the weird thing is, like, she's right because she, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have come here to fix it because she wouldn't be here. Like, they don't fix right. things after hours like that. Right. The right. IT and stuff. They would go home. And especially if they need the person there to call, to, fix, to log into your place, they would have to go when you're there. And he's not going to show up at 6 so she was right. And also, like, yeah, you know, that's going to be in my bad reheatables. But the very what's the security guard even doing? Well, he's looking at women's legs. We see that. Yeah. Earlier. Which, is, which means there was a camera in where was the camera where women were fixing their nylons? I don't um, know. Yeah. Like, was it in the ladies room? Or, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a bad call. Okay, well, she goes to call Sperry and check on him. She turns around and he's gone. So right away, you know, this is a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, she gets to Jack's apartment and she's going, dang, it's a really nice apartment. Because it is. A re- and, she, you know, her apartment, I'm assuming she is living in Manhattan because she doesn't take the subway to work. She took the right. bus. Her apartment was not bad for Manhattan. It wasn't bad. It was really nice, actually. It had it no heat, but... had no heat, and she also had bugs. Oh, she did? Yeah, she was... Because she, she walked in his apartment, she goes, no roaches here. Well, yeah, it's Manhattan. It's something New York. About, Everyone has bugs. Right, exactly. But, nerd alert, when I was trying to find out the movie, I did find her building, the, the out exterior shot mm-hmm. is still there oh it's still in manhattan in fact there's some there's some people that love this movie so much they do like tours around manhattan of places from this movie wow to show you the exteriors wow yeah, yeah so yeah. how does it have 22 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah if there's well, tours and stuff yeah rotten tomatoes they're all white okay <laughs> well the phone rings while she's in there. I didn't say she, that, people. She she said it. <laughs> the white person said it. She hears his voice on the message machine. And it's like, oh, my God. She So she falls in love with his voice because it, it is a great British accent. I mean, Come he on. has a great voice. He, you can tell by the whatever car commercial he does. We've decided yeah, exactly. it's Jaguar, but it could be Infinity. It's something luxurious. It is indeed. Because a British voice just just doesn't it emote luxury? Well, that's problematic. I mean, it does. But if we want to unpack it, it's basically saying because it's white, then it's it's better. better. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know. pretty much. That's what it's saying, people. I'm not agreeing with yeah, it. That, it's, but that's it's, just I have true. lived with white privilege for 67 years, and it's served me pretty well. <laughs> She's like, no complaints here. 
I mean, it's, it, it does suck for everyone else, but it does suck for everyone else. And I do worry about my children of color and my husband of more color, but um, yeah, the most color. But there are times when I am sent into a place to get the business done. Yeah. So no one sees them. Wow. They think Aaron has a tan. They should see dad. Okay. So she grabs the frying pan. She sees that the door, the exterior door to the apartment, she left ajar. And Why did she is, do that? It's closed now. And she grabs the frying pan and she tries to, she runs out. She had left a cab waiting. Just wait here. I'm not going to be long. Oh, wait, wait, so wait, she, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, but I noticed something. So in her apartment, and the, I was looking at this because I've, I guess I've gotten to the age now where I check out shelving, and I yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like I saw her shelving. What people, what people's shelves are, and in Whoopi Goldberg's apartment, I was like, son of a bitch, why didn't I think of that? Her shelving unit, it goes all along her wall. And it's made up of cinder blocks and wood. And decorative cinder blocks. Yeah, decorative cinder blocks and wood. And I'm just like, that is, as someone who pretty much, you know, my bed has, my bed frame has no nails in it. It's just assembled from wood. I was like, why didn't I think of that? And then... So I'm like, you know, because she has it because it's, well, it's very effective. And it's, she was able to make the shelves exactly the, the size and shape that she wanted because it goes around her TV and everything mm -hmm. and goes around a wall and stuff because you can do that when you make your own shelving mm -hmm. units. But then when they went to What's-His-Face's place, so that it's like upscale, it's got a nice kitchen because anything that Nancy Myers puts her name on you know there's going to be a nice, at least one nice kitchen in that. His place, his shelving unit, it's kind of the same thing. It oh, I was, didn't it was just like wooden slats and stuff. Yeah, that was that was a cup, but they didn't live on the San Andreas fault. I would think that I would be even better. Well, because it'll just, just topple and disintegrate. I mean, yeah, and then you just put it back up again. Okay. I just, I just thought it's that shelving unit is way more stable and sturdy than the. Um, I mean, I recently upgraded my shelves, but for the many years, I had the. What is that? The corrugated wood boards from target bookshelves oh, and oh, there was the just cardboard the on the back yeah. of it yeah yeah i and, but didn't aren't yours now secured to the wall uh, no i dustin never. didn't do that for you yet no i did i didn't no because the, the one is like dustin. far away he doesn't listen to this podcast. Justin, <laughs> did you never see the Modern Family where he was supposed to get that that unit attached to the wall and he never did? And then they had a, a little her, a little earthquake and then it it fit the it fell and it could have fallen on one of the kids. Yeah, well, I mapped it out. If I'm sitting on the couch, it's not gonna fall on me. Okay, that's so, my girl. And. <laughs> You know, it, I'm going to have bigger fish to fry. 
That's true. You have a whole apartment above you that's going to come down. Yeah, I have, I have two other floors above me in this molded out 1968 built building. This is just going to, it's going to collapse on itself like balsa wood. So, but at least it's only two other floors above you. You're not in a high rise. Exactly. So the shelf, the shelves tipping over is going to be the least of my worries. Yeah, I like that they were decorative cinder blocks instead, of, because in college it was always, you know, the people renting a really rundown house and they would just use the, I don't know what those things are called, just the cement blocks. Yeah, the cinder blocks. Mm -hmm. Cinder blocks, exactly. Okay, we digressed. So she runs out to get in her cab, and who is the cab driver this time? Belushi! With a gun. Ah, oh, Belushi. So she is not one to sit back there and go, oh my God, where are they taking me? No, she hits him with that frying pan because it was a cast iron frying pan. It was. And, and she tucks and rolls out of the cab. Tuck and roll with the frying pan. With the frying pan, he crashes. So you figure he's out of the picture. Mm -hmm. She takes it home. She uses a Brillo pad on the bottom of that frying pan. And there are four names and four telephone numbers of trusted people she can call to help. Okay. Well, so she starts calling those numbers. And um, she gets one person and he says, meet tonight, 1.30 a.m. at the docks and you're going to meet Mr. Van Meter and um, you see someone's following her and at this point Mr. Van Meter realizes she's a civilian like he assumed this was like a contact somebody in the CIA but the, the only reason he assumes that it's a civilian is because she's a black woman yes <laughs> so he's like oh well, she's not in the CIA <laughs> two total strikes yeah black and a woman um, and he says to her, I pray to God, Jack is still alive at this point. And then he pushes her into the river because he sees the dude coming up with the gun ready and he shoots Van Meter. Van Meter falls into the East River next to her. First of all, she's in the East River. Ew, Ew. in the 80s. Ew. And then this dead bat body is floating by her. Double ooh. Ew. And so um, the next, and you see the guy looking over the dock. So uh, he doesn't know that she's still alive, I guess. Next, she's at a police station. And she is being interviewed by... Marshall, Gary. Gary Marshall, the father of Penny the, Marshall. He's not her father. That's her brother. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's her brother. I'm sorry. I always thought it was her father. No. Okay, ew. And they got Marty's card out of her pocket because she was uh, not coherent. She was, She just kept saying somebody's, there's a dead body yeah, in the river. Then, and, and they assume that she's a prostitute because course, she's, a, she's black a black woman. woman. And then she's great because she's like, what? You see a black woman, you just assume they were all prostitutes? What, what, what was that? Was I giving blowjobs to goldfish down at the dock? <laughs> prostitutes don't hang out down by the dock. Yeah. And she did have a mouth on her. Uh -huh. 
I mean, she was saying every expletive there was. So um, Marty comes to retrieve her, and uh, Gary Marshall wants to arrest her because she is calling him every name in the book. And um, Marty's going, she's got Tourette's. She's got Tourette's. Look it up. Tourette's because it's, I guess Tourette's had just come out. It was probably a hot thing. It was like, Yeah, the disease of the month. Yeah, the ribbon of the month. And so she can't help the expletive she's shouting at you. Okay. Well, Marty takes her home. Well, she's she's cruising the obits in the paper, and there's not a mention. No, she's cruising the paper looking for this dead body in the East River. There's not a mention until uh, Marty tells her to go to the obits. So she sees that Van Meter's funeral is that day. So she goes to the funeral. And the dude from the consulate is there. And she meets Annie Potts, who is Liz Carlton, whose husband is CIA, whose name was also on the frying pan. And so she feels like she can trust Liz. She goes back to Liz's house and... Uh, Annie Potts goes, somebody's trying to get you to give them Jumpin' Jack's Flash's code key. It's probably the KGB. And so um, then she's back in communication with Jack, and Jack finds out that she is indeed a female. He knows she's a civilian, but he he thought he was talking to a man all this time. Terry, and because... Uh, Jack says, oh, you need to go to the... She needs to go to the embassy, right? To the soiree. The Queen's soiree or something. Anniversary. Yeah. Uh, And so uh, Terry says, oh, well, all right, I'm going to have to get me an evening dress then. And then Jack freaks out and says, whoa, whoa, wait a second. You're a woman? And yeah, Terry is short for Teresa. And so then Jack... After she's already been shot at and seen a dead body, it's like, oh no, been no. in the East River. Yeah, can't can't have you do that. Never mind. Don't worry about it. I'll I'll just die here in the Eastern Block. Wouldn't can't don't wanna don't wanna risk uh, putting my hands into the life of a woman and stuff. And then Terry gets pissed off because she said, "Oh, you just be you find I did all this stuff for you. Figured out the key. All this stuff." And now that you find out I'm a woman, I can't. It's that's it. It's done. She's like, whatever. But then Jack, to his credit, he realizes that he doesn't have any other options at this point. <laughs> yeah. So he, to his credit, he's gonna go with the woman instead of no options at uh-huh. all. He was like, well, all right. If you're, if you're down to do this, then let's do it. Okay. So. Um, he says you're going to need an invitation into the ball and be as inconspicuous as possible. A black woman going into the British consulate for the queen's anniversary ball is not inconspicuous. (laughs) So she's in line and everybody has to show their invitation before they can get in. And that's when we meet Tracy Ullman, who was pregnant in real life at Mm -hmm. this point. And she is with her husband and she's bitching and bitching. Who is and, Michael McKean? Yes. And she, uh, Terry has on a huge 
wig. I mean, it's a cross it's between a Tina Turner. It's a Tina Turner bouffant wig because it's yes. Tina Turner's hair color. But the style of it is that 60s uh, supreme beehive. beehive. Yeah. yeah. And she go. she goes up to the table. She goes, I don't need an invitation. I am the entertainment. She has a cassette player built into the dress. No, it wasn't built in. It was her Walkman that she had wrapped around her waist. Yeah, it was her belt. So she puts it on and she starts lip syncing Diana Ross. Well, she does Rescue Me, which is a nerd alert because in Sister Act, she also does Rescue Me. Right. And so she just keeps singing it. She latches arms with Tracy Ullman's husband and walks into the ball. Because any, because see, this is why Teresa Terry is so smart. She uses her brains. She's like, well, I'm a black woman. How am I going to get into here? Ah, yes. And we here at Gone with the Bushes know it very well. Person of color, they must be the entertainment. Because the entertainment or the help. That's how you're allowed into these places. So she just entertains her way on in. She could have worn a catering outfit and also gotten it. Mm-hmm. But it's much more entertaining to see her. It is. It, it was good. So in the ball, um, you know, people are looking at her like, who are you? Well, Liz comes up and and helps her and says, she's my cousin. By marriage. By marriage, right. So um, when she was in Jack's apartment, she saw a picture of a woman named Sarah. And they were in the Sinai in 1982 and so um then she bumps into talbot the british guy from the consulate and he's dancing with her in order to keep her under his uh eyesight and liz comes up and cuts in so at this point terry can get up to the third floor she has to get to the computers well the security guards are all watching what aaron the Jack, ben, the Benny Hill show. Benny Hill show. And so she, uh, uh, then Talbot and the other really blonde guy are looking for her. Well, she sees she can't go past the security guards, even though they're watching Benny Hill. She goes up a floor onto the roof, gets, gets on the roof and is going to go through the window that way. But foolishness ensues. And so then they get a they get a, a telex or whatever on the computer. So they get it, same old stuff. They shred it. There's a huge shredder there, and they go, "Whoa, another spy bites the dust." Well, so she's in there. She had to connect a contraption to the computer. It's MacGuffin, so- MacGuffin, MacGuffin, MacGuffin. Okay. Well, the thing is that she has. A- accomplished her task but then somehow her evening dress gets caught in the shredder oh and hilarity ensues which is the part i remember about this scene at the first time because it is so funny because she's holding for dear life onto the top of her dress (laughs) don't take the top of my dress just don't take the top of my dress so she ends up with a mini dress now um and then she's escaping, and when she gets home, the door to her apartment is ajar. 
it's been one hour into the movie. Oh, and so I a lot happened in an hour. A lot happened in an hour. This is a two hour movie. What? An hour and five? Uh, no. No, it's less than two hours. It's like a hundred minutes. A hundred and five minutes. But still more happens. You have to see how does Terry actually get uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash out of Eastern Europe? Does Terry save her job? What happens with Terry? So, uh, POC count. There were a couple. Oh, man. It's a very inaccurate POC count, but we'll go through it. So, we had the security guard. We have Whoopi Goldberg, of course. We had the pregnant co-worker. We had the cop. And then I counted. There are a bunch of people at the British place, so I just put four. And then we had um, Roscoe Lee Brown. Yes, we did. So, and then also there was a... um, a sanitational engineer woman, is that the term that we call now? She was like the cleaning the office. And yes. I didn't, I put down as Hispanic, but I, I don't know. I just didn't want to not count it if not that counter, was, right. but also not be like, oh, it's the woman cleaning. So not she assume. has to be, like, I don't want to assume, but mm-hmm. just given it like based on movies and stuff because she had the like the poots frau kind of uh head thing so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe could be eastern european as well could be i don't know so that was my count okay i didn't see any asians at all no i didn't either no we never do Okay, well, we've done some nerd alerts. Do you have more? I do have more nerd alerts. Um, In keeping with the classic rock motif that runs throughout this film, Terry's boss's name is James Page. Yes, he is. Jimmy Page was the Led Zeppelin guitarist. Yes, he was. At At one of the spies, Van Mark Van Meter's funeral, they says that uh, he was a success in the greeting card industry, and that's a nod to Get Smart because Maxwell Smart's cover was he worked in the greeting card industry. And I didn't remember that about Get Smart. At the police station, there's a poster that says Speed Kills, and as a person riding a syringe, that same poster was being created during a 1967 Dragnet episode called Narcotics DR16. Um, the original title of the film was going to be Knock Knock. Mm-hmm. The phone booth scene was part of a reshoot, and Jimmy James Belushi was brought back. He was he was supposed to be killed off in that car accident, but they brought him back, and that's why he's all in bandages and stuff mm-hmm. for that scene. Um, that was a funny scene when Terry's dancing around writing the lyrics. She writes down. Khan, which it Marty Phillips's name, who is who is Stephen Collins, his real name was Peter Khan. One of the people on the frying pan. Mm-hmm. Those are my nerd alerts. Okay. Well, reheatables. Mm-hmm. Okay. My negatives. 
wow, the 80s oversized clothing. <laughs> My God, two people could have fit in her coat. It's back now, Ma. But to that extent, where the where the sleeve, you know how sleeves are supposed to be at your shoulders. What do I say? From yeah. where the sleeve starts on the coat it should be at your shoulders, and it's all the way to your elbows. I don't. I was looking at graphic T-shirts, and a thing is that I kept seeing were T-shirt dresses, and oh. all that is. Is just an oversized T-shirt, but where it's, it can go well, off your shoulder and all of that, and it's long, so you wear it without pants because it's a dress. But I'm wow. like, no, it's just an oversized T-shirt. I actually called one of her looks Urkel. <laughs> the 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 overall thing, the high pants. Yeah, yeah, she wore a lot of a lot of high pants, but that's she, back too. And the popped collar. Yeah, I, I I don't hate a popped collar now. I, you, I don't mind a popped collar. You love the pop collar. You love. I the, did enjoy a pop the pop collar, collar and rolled up t-shirt sleeves. Yeah, I, I did that a little bit. I didn't put cigarettes in there, and and that. But there was one scene where she had on a backwards V-neck sweater. She wore it backwards. Oh, I don't even remember that, that. yellow sweater was backwards. Interesting. Okay, so I just, that was so, it was so, it so dated it, but then I thought, yeah, these, this is coming back, the high top pants and the bagginess, where, where you would have, like, really long sleeves and a really open, like, neckline, so that it could slip on your shoulder, so you could show a bare shoulder, and then it would come to your midriff, where you would show a bare midriff. Yeah, we don't need to go back to that. Oh, they're going back to it. I know, everything is cyclical. So you want to do your negative reheatables? Oh, okay. Um, The headphones that she wears to her Walkman, I remember those kind of headphones. They were so cheap and broke all the time. Yep. They were awful. They're the kind I always used at my listening center for the children they broke every day every day um i like how she's talking to jump jumping jack flash and they have agreed that when he gets out she he's going to take her to a nice restaurant and he says how about orlando's and so she goes to orlando's to meet him yeah oh really though because the breadsticks came pre-wrapped yeah i didn't understand that at all that doesn't seem like a nice restaurant to me. And she had to pay for them, I think, because I think all she ate were breadsticks and water. And she had to pay 40 bucks. Breadsticks yeah. that came in individually wrapped in plastic. Yeah. The excesses of the 80s. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. Excesses of the 80s. Everything was in excess. <gasps> do, do, do. Yep. Do, do, um, do. The computers... I was going to say like the computers, but I guess it's just how big they are because sadly there's a program that I do work with that is basically the same as whatever Terry was running. I was, I was like, it's funny because it's 2019, but I know a program that looks just like that and is 
as dated looking as that. So, but it's awesome. not the dark gray screen with the green, the neon green. No, it's the it's a blue screen with yellow writing. Oh, but uh, actually, okay. you can change it. So, if I wanted to, I could make it look <laughs> like that. Stay away from the shredders. Customizable in that regard. So that was a ha. Um, the um automatic weaponry in a workplace is yes it was before 9-11 and just the lack security in general yes where just anyone can go up and be in there yeah there weren't any uh metal detectors getting into the queen's anniversary war and this isn't even so much as a reheatable because i remember having this issue as a little kid watching the movie and I mean no disrespect, but Jonathan Price's looks like he's Jack when he shows up. I was just like, really? A little disappointing. It's him? This is the guy? Like, this is the guy that was cast? I mean, yeah. I get the looks and stuff, and I may. Is this just realistic? I did casting? way better with recasting, I just got to say. Because that did not, I was not like, oh, snap, and look who she gets to meet now. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's him? Huh. Is it because we we have seen him grow and mature, maybe? No, I mean, he wasn't, he didn't have to be gorgeous. No, I remember as a little kid being like, ew. And I didn't know <laughs> anything about that guy, of, just That's being funny. like, ah, okay. why? Yeah. Why him? Yeah. I mean, Stephen Collins was better looking than him. I, as truthfully, as a little kid, I thought that he was super old, that he was way older, and oh, that has to do, okay. unfortunately, with his his hairline. But it it's just true, because yeah. he was losing it in there, and I, and seeing it now, I was like, well, I guess I was. Now I was easier on him because I have seen him age and I was like, oh, he looks younger and everybody, yeah, you know, except for true. except for Julia Louis-Dreyfus, everyone tends to look better as their younger selves. Right. I don't know how she does it, but um so I was I was, but even still I I went back and I was like, no, my little kid self was right though. Yeah, I agree. I was disappointed. I wanted him to be better looking. Yeah. More of a hunk. Yeah. If this was, if the tables were reversed and it was a man who was helping a female agent, you know damn sure well that when the female agent is revealed, it wasn't going to be, um, who's the woman who ran the facts of life? Like, right. She wasn't right. going to be the agent. No. It wasn't even going to be A.D. Bryant, who is a lovely woman. Yeah, it was going to be like Farrah Fawcett or yeah. something. Yeah. So, that, those were my, my bad reheatables. Okay, well, my positive reheatables. Mm-hmm. The plot twist at the very end. Ah. I like that. Because you thought it was going one way, and then you go, oh, my goodness. 
Um, the Reeboks, because I, I loved me some Reeboks in the 80s. Mm -hmm. The quote when uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash found out she was a woman, um, maybe we just need to leave it to the women. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Yeah, Jumpin' Jack Flash said that, and she was like, yeah. And then the fact that Roscoe Lee Brown had such... Was so high in the CIA. Yes, that was good. Yeah, I thought that was a good reheatable. Yeah, but you know, there's also Herman Cain, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. Um, my good reheatables were Terry's fashion. She had her big eyeglasses. That's back in. It is indeed. All her bright colors. That's back in. And her mix of prints. Her mix of prints. I'm telling everybody, I am I am a good 20 years ahead of my time. So yes. start peeping what I'm doing now. Because in 20 years, that's the style. <laughs> you were born into that decade of neon colors, two different, well, four different color socks on. Yes. Because you would wear two pair on each foot. Mm -hmm. And they would all be different colors. All different. You would roll up your pants so that everybody could see the four different color socks. Yeah. I mean, just call me Teresa Doolittle. Exactly. Hmm. The baggy clothes. That was totally you. Well, I mean, yeah. It was anybody who, yeah, okay. Yeah. So break the old school Reeboks. Also, yeah. her natural hairstyle. There were no relaxers yes. in that. That was all natural. And I got to say, at the beginning when she's brushing it, mm -hmm. I was like, what? You can brush You can brush your dreads? I didn't know that was a possibility. I don't know. I took it more as like it was like funny. I thought maybe she was getting the crumbs out from dinner. Well, that she, you know, she was just having fun with it. I mean, because you can. Yeah. You know, go and do that. You don't want to get a, a tine of your brush caught in one of those. Yeah, that's why it was more of like a silly thing. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, and then Russian hackers... Yes. Hacking in this, even though that was highly on, like, you know, the, but just that they were hacking in. I didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. This is a precursor to our fucking election. Yeah. Communicating through text. Yep. I mean, now we just all do that on our phone without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then when her hair, when her dress got, the scene where her dress got in the shredder. Just the physical comedy of that is hilarious. That was my MVP. And then, and also when she comes to work on the truth serum. Yeah. And she was all drugged. That was a yeah. great scene, too. Because he gave her too much truth serum. Mm -hmm. So those yeah. are my reheatables. Well, my MVP, I just said, was her dress in the shredder. Because it is great comic whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And I had another one I just wrote down before we started. Mm. At the very end with the credits rolling, it's Aretha sinking, singing Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yeah, that was cool. 
that was another MVP. So I have a, on, my honorable mention MVP is there. there's a lot of stuff in Teresa's apartment that's yeah. very cool. But by far the coolest thing she has is a life-size cutout of Paul Newman. She did. I was like, oh my gosh. And it was Paul Newman at his peak. It was like, it must have been in a movie theater for an advertisement for Harper or something. I don't know. Oh my God, yes. I, I waited for her to acknowledge him in some way. But I was yeah. just like, that's my MVP. And then I was like, well, And it was it. in black and white. I you know. didn't even need color to see those blue eyes. No, it was fantastic. My God, that man was gorgeous. A specimen. A true specimen. He he should that should be what's on they're always like list things and stuff, but for alien races, I I present We Paul made Newman. this. Paul Newman. This is exactly. a human being. Exactly. But if you're my, gonna make a fake human being, make him look like <laughs> this and I won't care. My real MVP though, of course, it's just Whoopi Goldberg. She's yes. the MVP of this movie because it's yeah. all her. She used her brains and she used her charm to get out of all these different situations yes, and That's awkwardness. True. And she was always herself. And she yes. and she never second-guessed herself. She never felt bad about herself. She never apologized. She never apologized. Mm -mm. Even when she like gets stood up and stuff and she feels bad, she's not thinking like, oh, it's because of like whatever i mean she feels bad and stuff but she's just she is who she is and she's comfortable being who she is and when he contacted her after that she was like i, I don't need anything to do with you you yeah. stood me up you made this promise so it wasn't like oh my god he contacted me okay yeah, well I'm like, i don't again. need you i, I got a life-size paul newman in my apartment that's right so <laughs> Ha. You, sir, are no Paul Newman. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's what it should have been. I wonder if they tried to get Paul Newman. Because can you imagine if Paul Newman had been jumping Jack Flash? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The next, the sequel would have been um, what, Fatal Attraction. Because when Paul Newman tried to break up, if I was being Teresa Doolittle... <laughs> Pauline would try to break up with me, then it just becomes fatal attraction. I will not be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. <sighs> okay. Recasting. All right. Mine's short. I only had two two people. Okay, you go. So for the the lead of Terry Doolittle, there's two names that came to mind. Me too. One is Tiffany Haddish, of course. She would be great as Teresa Doolittle. And the second one, I think, would be Issa Rae. She would also be fantastic as a she Teresa Doolittle. great. Mm -hmm. And then as the Jack character, I was like, well, how about Tom Hiddleston? Because he's got the accent, and yeah. he's, like, way better looking than yeah. Jonathan Price. Like, if he showed yeah. up, I would be like, oh. You're jumping Jack Flash? Everybody would, yeah. So, there you have okay. it. Okay. Well, my recasting, I first I had Terry as Kristen Wiig. Oh, 
I could see then that. Then I went with Kate McKinnon. Yes. I'm back to Kristen Wiig because <laughs> okay. I, I want there to be some subtlety there too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sticking with Kristen Wiig. And then for my Cynthia, who was her, her sidekick, Carol her good Kate. friend, who was just over the top, mm-hmm. I had Tiffany Haddish. Ah, yes. And for Marty, who was the Stephen Collins character, I had Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. And for Jumpa Jack Flash, I had Id- Idris Elba. Yes, yes, I could see that. I mean, he walks in and Kristen Wiig just becomes a puddle of butter. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? The people in the people at at work wouldn't be clapping. They their mouths would be open and there would be drool coming out. Yeah. But it's yeah. are we are we updating it or are we keeping it in the eighties? Because if we're keeping it in the 80s, I don't know if they let, if uh, Idris Elba Ouch. gets up to the. <laughs> Ouch. I, I think he's the live. one guy that they get that security stops. Everyone else go, go, oh, blonde haired guy carrying an Uzi. Yes, right on wherever you want, sir. Excuse me, black man with a British accent. What business are you up to? Okay. I was in my dream world. But that's good. I like it. I think it would also be funny if, because she doesn't see who he is, but she goes and is on the answering machine, hears his British voice, Mm -hmm. and then he shows up and and he's Idris Elba, and it's like, what? Yeah. Well, I was not expecting this at all. Mm -hmm. First, I wasn't expecting Gorge. Second, I totally wasn't expecting Black. (laughs) That would be good. Okay. Well, my tasty nuggets, I have Penny Marshall became the director after uh, there were a couple directors that bit the dust. Yes, and it was six weeks in the production she took over. And when uh, at the very beginning with the first director, John Levitt's um, audition for well, wait, his Ma, part. He wasn't the first director. The first director was actually Burt Reynolds. But he got into a fight with Joel Silver and he left the production. And then at some point, this Howard Ziff came in and Lovitz auditioned for him and didn't get the part. Right. And so when Penny Marshall came in, she had seen John Lovitz on Saturday Night Live and said, let's let's use it. Why don't we uh, get back John Lovitz? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I also had that the original Terry was supposed to be Shelley Long. Yes. Cheers fame. Because um, there were my Nancy Myers in the Shire guy wrote a version to star Shelley Long. And then there's there's another version where David Mamet wrote it and it's laced with profanities. More profanities than Whoopi used. Well, can you imagine David Mamet's version of this? He didn't he write Glen Gary Glenn Ross? Oh, that would be funny. I don't, I don't know. I just have one more. Penny Marshall wanted to do, after principal photography, she wanted to do reshoots in New York City, and she wanted her daughter's ex-boyfriend, Giancarlo Coppola, to shoot it. 
but Giancarlo died in a tragic boating accident before the the reshoots could be shot and so they canceled the reshoots and that's why he gets a special thanks oh okay and he is and he was the son of francis ford coppola which you now know from his wines no no you know him from the godfather movies yeah and and you need to drink his wines whilst watching godfather okay true that's fair Mm -hmm. and maybe eat some gnocchi Ooh. <gasps> While watching the Godfather? <gasps> okay. I, I only get Noki when I'm with you. I don't know where it is. Anywhere I'm else. trying to find cauliflower and Noki. I hear I hear that again we digress. That's what we do here. I hear uh um Whole Foods has it. I have to look for it. Oh. Okay. Just little pillows of dough. Okay, so that's your um, that's the end of our tasty nuggets. That's mm-hmm. the end of our Jumpin' Jack Flash, which I thoroughly enjoyed watching it again in 2019. It's it's great fun, just great fun 80s flick. Now, would you like to guess? I don't think you'll ever guess the movie that I've selected, but you may okay. if you would, would like, or I can give you hints. I would like some hint. Oh, would you like me just to go uh, cold? Yeah, because apparently you're you can do that. It's a gift you have. Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> no. Okay. Then I will take a hint. Oh, uh, I'm going back. We're to going, the year. Well, it's black and white. <gasps> We've okay. been doing a lot of more modern movies. I decided yeah. to take it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I get, black and white? Yep. Do I get a year? Um, well, there's two versions of this film. I would like to do the one set in 1944. Oh, wow. So it's not a Star is Born, people. No, it's not a Star is Born. But it does have to do with a term... That is being used a lot lately. I don't know. It's not Casablanca. No. But that's close. Because it, it does star someone in Casablanca. Okay. It, are we going with Humphrey or are we going with Ingrid? Ah, ah ding, ding, ding. Ingrid. Yes. Oh, it's not Anastasia. No. We did that. Is it is it when Ingrid was with Mr. Rossellini? I don't know. Uh, well, it wouldn't help me anyway, because I don't know what the film <laughs> she did with him. So go ahead and tell me. 1944 version starring Ingrid Bergman. Gaslight. <gasps> oh, I've wanted to do this one. Because we always hear the term gaslighting. Exactly. And exactly gaslighting means when you are like pulling the wool over someone's eyes. When you make somebody, when somebody questions, when you're doing something to somebody 
but you say, no, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. Basically, oh. it's the United States government. What the United right. States government is doing to the people of the country is okay. called gaslighting. Who else is in it with Ingrid? Well, there's this other guy. I don't really know him. I thought his name was like Charles Hoyer or something. But Angela Lansbury is also in it. And Joseph oh. Cotton's also in it. Okay. And there's a 1940 version, but... That's not the one I'm doing. I'm doing the okay. 1944 one with Ingrid Bergman. Because I think George Cukor also did it. And I think a lot of people mistakenly believe that this is a Hitchcock film, but it's not. See, I just by the name, I would assume Hitchcock. Mm -hmm. But it's not. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I came really close to doing a Bob Fosse movie. The very first Fosse Verdon was really good. Mm -hmm, because I started watching it, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to do Damn Yankees, but I also want to do Sweet Charity. What about all yeah. that jazz? Oh, I came real close. I actually made myself laugh out loud watching Fosse Verdon, because I was like, am I going to do this? But I was like, no, we've done a whole bunch of yeah. more modern movies. Yeah, I agree. It's time to go back to the 40s. Mm -hmm. Okay, next week. Gaslight. I'm looking forward. So am I. Well. Well. What, what am I supposed to say? There you well, go. Well, there you have it. There you go. <laughs> well, well, there, there you, you go. go. I forgot my line. You, heard your, it, you made your own catchphrase up and you forgot it. And I forgot it. You're like the yeah. rock who's like, well, oh, the smell what? Is in the oven? Yeah. What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to say? Line. Okay, gotta write it down. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> Bye. -bye.